powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello! Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, Kim Shapira. What an incredible guest, and the response to her episode was overwhelming. And I highly encourage you to buy her book, Six Simple Rules to Transform Your Relationship with Food to Become Your Healthiest Self, if you have not done so already, as it is a fantastic and fascinating read. Also, if you have not heard our in-depth interview, I strongly encourage you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 184. We have a fantastic and very interesting episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Dr. Garrett Yant. Now, Dr. Yant is a scientist at the Institute of Noetic Sciences, and he'll be discussing with us his research into lucid dreaming. Lots to discuss, so let's get him out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling in today from the IONS Institute in Nevada, California, Dr. Garrett Yant. Dr. Yant, good evening. Welcome to the Dark Duval Show. How is the weather out by you today? Super sunny and beautiful. Nice. So with the pandemic now coming to an end, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? Uh, well, it uh, had us shift our experiments to remote experiments, which had some pros and cons. We We just did a lucid dreaming study, which was great because we were able to have folks from all over the world participate. So this is an online instruction, live Zoom. So people went to bed in their own bedrooms. The cons were a little bit of more challenge around following the procedures. Mm. You know, we had some people, some of the dreamers would collect their saliva, you know, and have to keep it in the freezer and sometimes didn't always all the rules didn't get followed a bit. So pros and cons for that. <laughs> nice. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born? What was it like to grow up there? I was born in uh, the sticks of Pennsylvania. Mm. And it was great to grow up there. I loved it. I loved the country. Then moved to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, historic Gettysburg. To high school there. Had a blast. Nice. So yeah, I'm a country boy. At what age did you start getting interested in science? Ooh, from a young age, I, I was interested in science. My From my teenage years, I had some, you know, could be called clairvoyant experiences that got me really interested in studying the mind. 
Hmm. And so I kind of set out to do that. It was a bit of a windy road to get there, but that's where it all began. Favorite memories from Penn State? Oh, gosh. Favorite memories from Penn State? <laughs> Running around the golf course at night, um, enjoying nature. <laughs> really? How long did it take you to get your PhD in neurobiology and behavior? It took five years to get the PhD and then came out to San Francisco, did four years postdoctoral training before I got my first research job. What was your doctoral thesis on? It was a neuropeptide Y uh, regulation of uh, one of the genes that makes a neurotransmitter in the brain and is responsive to internal and external stimuli. What is it about the brain that fascinates you so much? Well, I was interested in consciousness, and so that seemed to be the organ uh, that was um, most involved. Um, so I was looking for programs to look at interconnectedness with uh, consciousness and neurobiology. I will say that when I got into the program of neuro neurobiology and behavior, like you know, I don't know, thirty years ago. The word consciousness was not very cool to say at that time. So I kind of had to just keep it under wraps. I'll get the PhD, then then get out and get get crazy. Fair enough. What led you to the Institute of Noetic Sciences? I was at a lucid dreaming conference in Chicago and uh, went up to my favorite speaker there, who was Stanley Krippner, who actually is a, was an expert on shamanism. But I said, I'm a, I'm a molecular biologist and I want to do molecular biology of consciousness. And he said, you should come out to San Francisco. There's a bunch of researchers out there. They're going to, you're going to feel at home out here. So that's why I set my eyes on, on coming out to the Bay Area. Tell us about the Institute and its purpose. The Institute was founded by Edgar Mitchell. Uh, who was the sixth man to walk on the moon on the Apollo 14 mission. And he had an epiphany looking back at Earth from the from space that science and spirituality ought to be merged. So that was 50 years ago that he he founded he founded uh, IONS. And you know the mission is to look at the intersection of science and spirituality and gain a better understanding of consciousness and human potential. What interested you in noetic sciences? It was the, you know, the, their openness to study aspects of the mind that weren't, you know, within the paradigm. So for example, the clairvoyant experiences that I, that I felt that I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. The research, they're basically doing research that you, it's, it's hard to do anywhere else. Fair enough. All right. So one of the main reasons we have you on the show today is we are wanting to discuss dreaming, mainly lucid dreaming, which I believe is your forte. For my listeners, let's start simple. What is lucid dreaming? Lucid dreaming is a dream where you wake up inside the dream. So your waking consciousness, the one that we're using right now to talk, that comes online, but you're still in a dreamscape. So you are able to interact with the narrative of the dream as opposed to just watching it happen. So what is the difference between lucid dreaming and astral projection? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, 
So I think they're entirely different things. Astral projection is supposedly when an energetic level of your body travels outside of your most dense physical body and, you know, wanders around. Um, lucid dreaming is entirely described by modern standard neuroscience. Um, you're, you're in your body, you're in a state of sleep, and in normal dreams, the prefrontal cortex is kind of offline. And this is thought of as where a lot of our sense of self kind of is located. When you become lucid in a dream, that lights up. So, which makes sense because your sense of self is then brought back online. So it's entirely in the body, whereas astral projection is purportedly traveling outside the body, leaving your your body there uh, okay. to rest while you're traveling around. So how common is lucid dreaming and do we have the power to learn how to do it at will? Yeah, yes. So lucid dreaming is very common. Uh, lots of people have the experience spontaneously, you know, once or twice in their life, most often in the younger ages, tends to happen spontaneously less later in life. But it's not very variable. Some people just naturally have them, you know, once a month or it's a week. Or, and others had, you know, one or two in the childhood and never again. It is absolutely learnable. And uh, so that's how I actually got into it because of um, one of the lucid dreaming teachers, Charlie Morley, based in London, um, became very skilled at working with people with PTSD and helping them work through their, basically transform their trauma in the lucid dreaming state. We can talk about that more, but I uh, came across him. He got a Winston Churchill fellowship to do research with, with folks with PTSD. And I had done uh, research previously, as well as my collaborator, Helena Wabe, worked with folks with PTSD. I was looking at gene expression. She was looking at other aspects. So um, we had this interest, and then we found this you know, fantastic teacher who was having these amazing results with people with PTSD doing the workshop. And we had the idea, I proposed to him that we kind of lightly do a little science on that to, to kind of get at it a bit more and, and see how, see, yeah, see if we could verify it, basically. How was the healing lucid dream pilot study conducted? So we had 50 people that were living with chronic PTSD, and they signed up to take a week-long workshop with Charlie Morley. And also there was a psychotherapist there during the whole time, worked hand-in-hand -hand with Charlie, um, James Scurry. So it was a very intensive workshop that uh, was something that Charlie and James had already been doing. So we kind of just put an overlay of science on that, which meant that before any of the 50 dreamers laid eyes on Charlie at all, because he's very charismatic, or like before he even lay eye, lays eyes on him, we do this pre-measures. So the measures were... PTSD symptoms by self-report, nightmares, experience of nightmares, not just frequency, but intensity and emotional reaction to them, and other measures of, of well-being and, and uh, also some you know, beginning levels of saliva. So that's kind of our pre-measures. And then they dive into the workshop with Charlie, which involves 
not just learning techniques for lucid dreaming, but also just the very basics of re increasing dream recall, some meditation techniques. They were every morning they were dream sharing. And so they, you know, a six day workshop, each morning they wake up, they'd answer some questionnaires from a scientist, including, did you have a lucid dream last night? Did you remember it? If they did, there's a standardized scale for looking at like the depth of lucidity, which asks really cool questions like, you know, in your dream, did you break any laws of physics? You know, stuff like that. Did you remember your body was in bed? So you know, kind of every morning there were questionnaires. And then at the end, you know, the big questionnaires again to see if the PTSD symptoms changed. And then we waited a month and um, asked the questions again to see if any of the benefits had persisted you know, uh, after the workshop for a month later. That's, mm. that's generally how it went. How do you heal in a lucid dream? Yeah. So the, the type of healing we were looking at in this dream was to transform the trauma um, that these folks were experiencing. So the way that it would look and the way that it did look is that their symptoms decreased. They had less trauma from nightmares. They weren't afraid to go out. They could sleep better. Their well-being was, was increased. Uh, so that's where this pilot study was focused. There are case reports in the literature of physical healing, um, at, but that hasn't been studied uh, scientifically. Well, the flip side of that coin, can you also heal in non-lucid dreams? Absolutely. So I guess the temple of Asclepius, the Greek god, Asclepius, the guy that has the, the, the pole with the snakes around it that's still used as a symbol of medicine. So supposedly that temple, people would go there to be healed. And I, you know, I'm not sure you know, which all of this is true, but they were a little bit of exposure to snakes to try to... Um, kind of induce intense dreaming, not lucid dreaming, regular dreaming. And the um, belief is that they come out of that, that dream, um, you know, the healing, they'd have healing dreams in this temple. So yeah, it's been a long, it's a long history of healing dreams. And uh, yeah, the lucid dreaming part of it's, it's a, it's a more recent, more recent take on it. What were the results of the study? The results of the study were fantastic. Um, the first thing I would say is that, you know, we were a little, I was a little nervous. We wouldn't be able to have people achieve lucidity during the week that we were watching just because there's scientists watching, we're asking them questions. It's a lot of attention. Maybe they would feel some pressure. Um, but as it turned out, there was 76% of the dreamers were able to achieve lucidity during the week, which was, was actually pretty high compared to Charlie Morley's other workshops. So it's possible that the, you know, the white coat effect worked in our favor, the fact that they knew they were in a study, and also that they knew that the purpose, the goal of the study was to be able to help other people. So there was kind of a, a compassion element of it as well. So we had, um, and, and plenty of the folks had more than one lucid dream during that week. So that was great. Then their PTSD scores went, everybody coming in was above the threshold for clinical PTSD. Everybody came out was below. So the average score going in, the, you know, was the, for those of you who know the numbers, the, the scale is called PCL5. 
going in before was 43, it dropped to 24 post. And then a month later it was 23. So it's it's basically going from clinical condition to to clinical condition gone. So you know, we do the stats on that. Stats were a p-value of 0 0.001. And so in kind of in plain language, typically scientists will set the threshold of less than or equal to 0 0.05. And that basically means that if you do the, if it were just chance and you did the experiment a hundred times, you would get these results just five times. So that's kind of a, a threshold that we typically use to say it was significant result. So ours was 0 0.001. So that means you if it was just chance and you did the experiment a thousand times, one time, or actually less than one time, it would happen. So it was it was, you know, pretty remarkably significant. And that again, that lasted as long as we checked, which was a month later. Similar results for nightmare uh, distress was very much, you know, significantly decreased, same type of p-value. Well-being was in, enhanced. So those are kind of the numbers that came out. The testimonials were just mind-blowing and heartwarming. I know people talking about 10 years of psychotherapy and they've, you know, they have a new life. They really, really impacted by it very, very profoundly. Okay, Duval Nation, we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Dr. Garrett Yant. May I suggest you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know that's right, Clouseau style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Please give your attention to a few friends of my show, and we will be right back. 17.9 cycles ago, us machines defeated the humans. Now, we're living the good life here in Droidston, Manitoba. Morning, Gif! Morning, Dust! But there's still the problem of human infestation. That's what it's time to call Human Be Gone. Human Be Gone! Wherever you get your podcasts. Human Be Gone! Hello, Duval Nation. Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek DeBall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Show. That's betterhelp.com slash Derek Show. 
Hey there, this is Chad from Larkin, and you are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find all of our releases on No Records out of Long Beach, that's K-N-O-W, or you can find them on almost all streaming services, and we hope to see you around down the next gig. Cheers. All cunt and his comrades like lions at bay From South Dublin Union, poor death and despair But what was there often the invaders men saw All the dead khaki soldiers in Erin go bra Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own, with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. This is Benjamin Sledge, author of Where Cowards Go to Die. In my award-winning memoir, you'll discover the raw humanity, intricate complexity, and brutal barbarity of those who served in the Iraq and Afghan wars, and the psychological toll it took on modern veterans. You can purchase Where Cowards Go to Die on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere major books are sold. Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benjamin C. Sledge. This is Patrick Baker, and you are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. Check out my new single, Sorrow, available on all major streaming platforms. And you can check my site out at patrickbakermusic.com. Don't leave my upper everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed, A Veteran's Journey from Homeless to Hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 184 of the Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with scientist Dr. Garrett Yant of the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Well, that leads me to my next question, you know, is can lucid dreaming help with other conditions other than PTSD? So there's very little research, you know, to to talk about it kind of from a scientific point of view. As I mentioned, there's an anecdote about uh, bone healing uh, that was 
that was done. I, I all anecdotes. I mean, the 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 anecdotes about eyesight, anecdotes about eczema. Yeah, it's just a list, but they're just anecdotes in terms right. of you know, not a lot of research has been done on it. You've written a book, Why Vibes Matter, which was released on August 1st of 2023. What inspired you to write this book? <laughs> well, I've been doing research with energy medicine for, for a couple of decades, and it's a very cool topic. And it, the term vibes is used in so many different ways. So the book was kind of, it's like a beginner's guide for people that are interested in vibes and energy. It's kind of introduced folks to the topic. So it talks about all kinds of vibes and then really does focus on more of the invisible vibes and, and the vibes that, that I believe are the mechanism of, of kind of these spiritual healing modalities. What sort of lessons or exercises are in the book? There are very simple meditation exercises, both for chilling down your own vibe and for emitting positive vibes toward others. Quite simple techniques and, you know, in a very light way, I talk about the science that kind of um, substantiates that. You know, for example, a slow breathing exercise, it's remarkable the impact that that can have on the autonomic nervous system just after like seven minutes of slowing down your breathing. And that can have a ripple effect of positive health, um, positive health impact on the body. What has the reception to the book been like? It's, you know, it's been great. It's just out a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, everybody, everybody I talked to loves it. It's definitely, as I say, for beginners, you know, most of the tech, most of the meditation techniques will be familiar to people that are meditators. There are a couple in there that never have never been published before. I, I learned them when I was traveling in, in China. So there are, some gems in there for old hands that that might want to learn new ones. And also there's, like I say, you know, a little bit of review of highlights of the science that's been done around it. And also some of the science that, that shows that, you know, sometimes the vibes are interpreted as woo woo. And there are some, sometimes there's mundane uh, explanations for, for why you're getting that vibe. Yeah, De Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. You get a chance to talk to your youngest self. What do you say to him? Oh, my youngest self. <laughs> I'd say, yeah, calm down, be patient. You know, again, I'd say to him, you know, those vibes you were feeling, those those are real. Don't be too stressed. You're gonna you can eventually figure it out. And it's gonna it's gonna feel better later. <laughs> so what's next for Dr. Yon? Is there a Nobel Prize in your future? Well, that'd be fun. Um, I just like to do some more research. You know, this the pilot study on lucid dreaming had fabulous results. We got funding to replicate it um, on a larger scale with um with a with a controlled study, so randomized controlled study. And, you know, originally when I talked to Charlie, the what I wanted to do was to do a gene expression study with lucid dreaming because the state of lucid dreaming, for those of you who have experienced it, it's like hyper-reality. It's, it's extremely intense, and, and you feel really enmeshed in that world, very, very real. And also your body is, you know, except for 
your eyes and uh, a few systems, your, your muscles are paralyzed. So it's a really ideal laboratory model for looking at the impact of consciousness or internal mental activity on our gene expression. So it's such a perfect model. And uh, so that's what's, that's what's I'm cooking up next. Um, so the first, this was just kind of basically demonstrating the efficacy and the impact happening, real, real impact on people's bodies, their health. Um, so the next step is to start digging into the mechanism a bit. And I just think it would be very empowering for people to know that they can turn their genes on and off, up and down with internal mental states. So I'd like to I'd like to demonstrate that very directly. There's a ton of indirect evidence for that, but I think lucid dreaming would be one of the cleanest models because you've got the body there just doing nothing. It's pretty pretty easy to say with something going on in the head. Hmm. As we enter the final phase of the interview, I always like to ask one fun question. Dr. Young, what do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax? Oh, I like to garden. I like to go in my garden and dig in the dirt and plant and my kids tease me because I like to transplant plants around a lot, um, sometimes not very successfully. But, you know, as I said, I'm from I'm from Pennsylvania, East Coast. I'm now living in right on Ocean Beach in San Francisco. So there's a constant cold, salty wind that just pelts my garden. Hmm. So I can't grow tomatoes. I can't grow peppers. I can't grow cucumbers. And so I'm just kind of, and also the seasons are different. You know, there's no, there's no winter where we are. So you can grow cilantro all year round, but I found out that it's not just that it, there's not cold. There's something about the amount of sunlight that it, you know, you got to catch the season correctly. So I'm just kind of by trial and error, um, playing around in the garden and it's soothing. I've also got a hammock back there. So my little sanctuary. Fair enough. Uh, what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures, follow your research online? Go to the website for the Institute of Noetic Sciences, which is noetic.org. So N-O-E-T-I-C.org. And you can check out what I'm up to, the other scientists are up to. We also have an experience department that kind of aims to translate the science into workshops and courses that can help people have trans transformation. Um, yeah, I think that's where I'd go. Okay. All right. I am my interviews with my favorite question. And the question is this, if the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of earth? <laughs> people of earth. Uh, I would say we are all interconnected with each other and with nature and, you know, our separateness is an illusion. And of course it's useful, you know, we need to act within that illusion to get stuff done, with, you know, but we don't need to hold that illusion 24 seven and it's, it's bad for our health, it's bad for society. So I think, you know, there are all kinds of practices to dissolve that illusion. And I think that, that the more you do that, the more compassion and the more peaceful and cooperative society we can have. Good answer. 
The book is Why Vibes Matter, available on Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy your books online. Dr. Yant, thanks ever so much for taking the time to come on the show. This has been incredibly educational, and uh, my listeners join me wishing you all the success for your future. Thanks so much, Derek. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 184. I want to thank Dr. Yan for taking the time to come on the show. It was a truly very educational experience, and I was very tempted to sign up for one of the dream studies. I hope everyone logs onto the IONS Institute's website and checks out their research. Okay, tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The director of all shows a great little store on there. And we have everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs, plus with some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, go to the banner to the left that says Merch, click that, and you'll be taken to our store on TeePublic. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. So on behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening, you know, um, we lost Bob Barker this last weekend, and I want to take a minute to pay tribute to a true legend. I got to meet Bob briefly in 2003 during a USO trip to a taping of The Price is Right, and it was like meeting God. He was super friendly, and I will cherish meeting the man I grew up watching whenever I was homesick during the summer months for the rest of my life. I think every single person listening has some memory of Bob Barker, and I will leave you with this last thought. Help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. No star, God bless. And see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duvall Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duvall Show.